The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome to the Staff and Graph podcast. Um, I'm Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News. Um, sitting across from me is, is Rachel Dory. Um, we're not going to do our normal jovial intro to this podcast. Um, we're not going to ask each other how our weeks have been, all that, because we know the answer. Um, this has been the most difficult week uh, in hockey that I can remember. Um, and it's it's tough to put into words essentially what what is what has happened over the last uh i mean since since 20 at least may 23rd of 2010 but over the last 48 72 hours um at the moment let's just sum up the situation Whoa, hang on hang on okay this is your content warning Yes, a 100%. This is your content warning. There will be discussion of sexual assault, uh, sexual harass- harassment, um, any kind of, uh, of content in that regard. Um, and so if that is something that you cannot handle or that is something that triggers you, we are with you. Um, but this might be a show to to skip or to watch at a later day when you're feeling in a better headspace. But what we will do um, is instead of focusing on the details of the report, which I'm going to be honest, read it. Like, just read it. it we're not going to sit here and go over every single detail. What we're going to do is focus on why things went the way they did, what what has been said today, like here in the now that has been deeply disturbing, how it's been handled, and what we need to do going forward to make sure that people do feel comfortable coming forward and that when they do, it's not handled in this manner. So that's going to be the focus of this podcast, because if you want to learn about the details, you can read the report, you can go on Twitter, you can go listen to other podcasts. It's been talked about ad nauseum. We need to focus on solutions here. Yeah. So to summarize the situation that has happened, um, the on Tuesday, we're recording this on Thursday night. On Tuesday, um, the Chicago Blackhawks uh, released the findings of a well. They made a, an official statement um, and released the findings of a report done by the law firm uh, Jenner and Block about the al- the sexual assault allegations um, against former video coach Brad Aldrich um, while he was video coach in 2010, uh, uh, May of 2010. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Stan Bowman was Stan Bowman stepped aside. He was given the opportunity to resign, another privilege that was given to him. Um, and it was revealed that he, uh, also Al um, Al McIsaac, VP of Hockey Operations for the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, resigned. He was no longer he's no longer with the team. Rocky Wirtz, uh, team CEO and, and owner, said that um, anyone involved with the Blackhawks with this situation in 2010 would no longer be with the Blackhawks moving forward. 
shortly uh, a day after that, well, the sorry, the NHL fined the Blackhawks two million dollars, which again we will get into. Just embarrassing. Um, and then the next day, um, John Doe in this story, who had previously wanted to have his name not have his name public, keep his name private, um, revealed himself to be Kyle Beach, a former first round pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, and gave the most brave interview I've ever witnessed in any context, I think. Um, Certainly with, in, with a T- hockey at least in, co- in a hockey context, yes. Yeah, yes, in a hockey context. It was, I was, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, we'll get into that. Um, and gave his complete testimony of it that confirmed the findings of the report um, and also um, confirmed a, a lot of the malpractice and a lot of these frankly lies um that were given by a lot of the actors in this in this situation or in this story and then there was uh then after that it was revo- it was reported that Joel Quenville and Kevin Cheveldayoff Quenville was the head coach of the Blackhawks in 2010 Cheveldayoff was um the assistant GM in 2010 were going to uh, uh meet with Gary Bettman in at the league's head offices in New York um, to discuss their and we'll get to we'll get to the results of those meetings later. Yes. So, this story has broken wide open. It was a story that was reported, unfortunately, by a select few. Um, when it was when it was essentially broken, and now that the report has been published, it is far and away the biggest story in hockey. It is likely the biggest story in sports. It's the biggest sex scandal the the, the league has ever seen. And it and the consequences are still being doled out now. As we literal minutes before um, we recorded, it was officially confirmed um, that Joel Quenville has resigned as head coach of the Florida Panthers, effective immediately. Um, Quenville was a primary actor in covering up Kyle Beach's claims of abuse, um, prioritizing team winning over the health and safety of a player that was in his care. Um, He went on to enjoy a fruitful career in hockey, winning two more Stanley Cups, being the highest paid coach in the NHL at the time of his resignation. Um, He's the highest paid coach in NHL history. The highest paid coach in NHL history. Obviously the highest paid coach in the NHL at the time of his resignation. And he is no longer that anymore. Unfortunately, he was allowed to be given that distinction, but he is not that anymore. So and let's 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 dive in. Yeah. So what I, what we're gonna do is I am going to read some of the most important details all the way through. Yes. Just to kind of give you the Coles notes, and then we will discuss how this perhaps should have been handled instead. So mm-hmm. there's two parts to this. There is what happened back then and what happened now. What happened back then? So. Let's get this very clear. Jenner and Block made it. Reed Shar, who was the lead investigator here for the law firm, the, the partner, said that some players on the team declined to be interviewed. And one of those players was Duncan Keith, which was super interesting given that he decided to make statements to the Edmonton Oilers media this past week. Um, mm-hmm. To me, even if you don't have anything to say, by not participating in the interview... That is a bad look because Patrick Kane came out and we'll get to what he said later, 
but he, he said, I at least participated in the investigation. He claims he knew basically the same amount as Duncan Keith, but you know what? At least he participated in the investigation. So there's that. In the report, page 28, is Kyle Beach's description of the night the sexual assault took place. It is the single most disturbing hockey-related thing I have ever read. It is awful, and that description is... It made, it, it, it made my skin crawl. Then there is the woman who was there, her account of the events. And they differ somewhat from Beach's, and they also differ from Aldrich's accounts. But there are similarities to these accounts. And no matter which way you slice it, they are disgusting. So it doesn't matter which part of this recollection, obviously 11 years later, is a problem. It doesn't matter which way you slice this, no matter whose story you read and choose to believe, it's disgusting. So there's that. Then there is a May 23rd meeting that included President John McDonough, Jay Blunk, Stan Bowman, Al McIsaac, Kevin Shoveldayoff, and Joel Quenville. Now, many people said Quenville was not present at the beginning of the meeting and therefore missed details. I don't think that's very important, quite frankly. People... And the people in this meeting took the approach that because McDonough was the most senior person in the room, it was in his hands to basically make the decision. And we could talk about why that's wrong. But we can also talk about the fact that Joel Quenville is in charge of his coaching staff. He gets to pick his assistant coaches. He gets to pick his video coaches. And at that very moment, he had the choice on whether or not he could have fired Aldridge or at a minimum suspended him pending investigation. But instead, he said, it was said that Quenville shook his head and said that it was hard for the team to get where they were and they could not deal with this issue now. So that was May 23rd. The head of HR was not notified of this meeting until June 14th, which is three weeks later and after the cup had been won and the celebrations had been had. While this was happening on June 8th, which was six days before HR was notified, a 22-year-old intern was touched inappropriately by Aldridge. The next morning, the intern texted Aldridge, who responded that he was drunk and no one knows, so please don't tell. So because of the failure to speak up at that very moment, another employee was sexually harassed and assaulted. At the end of all of this, Aldrich was given a sentence, a severance and a bonus and allowed to leave without an investigation. The next year at training camp, Kyle Beach was called homophobic slurs and asked if he missed his boyfriend Brad, which considering it was his perpetrator is wildly fucked up. And I just like, I can't even fathom that. The mental skills coach of the Blackhawks at the time, said it was a coach's way of building relationships with players, a.k.a. making sexual jokes, which is wildly inappropriate and shouldn't happen. Beach also complained to the PA, and they did not investigate, which is a failure on their part, and I'm happy that Brendan Gallagher said as much. And then this year, Kyle Beach asked the NHL and Safe Sport, which is the investigative body in the U.S., 
to investigate this situation, and they both refused. So let's talk about that before we talk about what happened this week. You want to start at that May 23rd meeting? That May 23rd meeting, um, as you know, as you've relayed, the decision was made. It was it was all the, the highest actors in the organization, everyone from on an executive level, as you would say, um, everyone with the with the ability to make this decision. That's why they're there. Um, and it was a sent and, and it says in the report by multiple people that the decision they made there was that the team, the success of the team was too important to tell anyone about this and to not to keep like and Sorry? clearly the success of the team is still very important because when the Blackhawks decided to release yeah. a statement on Wednesday night they included their commitment to winning championships which we know that you're committed to winning championships clearly because you did so at the expense of another human being so let's also get something straight here is that this was not a star player that was accused of these. This was not the head coach that was accused of, of these terrible, awful crimes. This was a video coach, a guy who cuts highlights for them, a guy who goes over video. Yeah, like video coaches, I have been a video coach. Yes. They are replaceable. They are the most replaceable part of the coaching staff. Video coaches change all the time. Like when I was in New Jersey, we had, think about it, I was there for 14 months. In that time, we had one head video coach Two assistant video coaches. I was helping at one point. And then just after I left, they had another video coach. And then this year, they have a whole new video coach. This is three years. Like, it's possible to get rid of your fucking video coach. Getting rid of a video coach during this would not have um, disrupted team chemistry at all. And the way that they could have done it, too, is they could have done it quietly. I highly doubt, you know, you're in the throes of playoffs. I highly doubt that anyone really would have noticed. Well, no, would have you noticed? know what? That's not fair because the video coach runs all the video meetings. He goes over, like, he does, they, they do, like, video sessions, like, with power play, and the video coach does run all the meetings, and the only reason I know this is because I had to do it. So they would they would have noticed, absolutely, but at the end of the day, get rid of him. I don't care if they notice or not. Get rid of him. They're extremely comfortable with lying as well, so they could have even made up yeah. something about why he left, saying he was taking a personal leave, which is what, which is what Aldrich did after he, was re- he resigned. He said that he, he told many people that the reason he was leaving was not because he sexually assaulted a player. It was because he was, he was sick of the travel and wanted to be closer to family. So in this meeting... And I think this is a super important point to talk about. Mm-hmm. Basically, people took, like, the people in the meeting took the approach that because McDonough was the most senior person in the room, that he was going to handle this. We need to have a talk about why that's wrong. Because I think John Tortorella probably said it best Thursday on ESPN. And this is what he said. And by the way, like, for all the shit that Torts takes, for being a hard ass, I honestly think he probably, like, he's one of the guys that I think would have kicked this guy out the door the second that it happened. Torts said, 
if this was your 20-year-old kid, would your decisions have been different? I just don't get why one guy in that room couldn't stand up and say, no, this is wrong. We have to make this right. There were all of, all of the people in that room, head coach, president, business operations, GM, director of hockey operations, assistant GM, you are all in positions of power and you cannot assume that just because you are the most senior person in there, that you can't do anything about it. There was nothing preventing any of these people from reporting this to the National Hockey League or reporting it to the police. There was nothing preventing them from doing that. And the fact that they just assumed that the most senior person in the room was going to do something about it and they were afraid to say something outside of that is an incredibly telling indictment of hockey culture. I... It's it's difficult to wrap your head around this. Like I'm really I'm really finding it difficult to talk about this right now. You know, um, Kyle Beach's interview that he did with Rick Westhead was one of the most brave things I've ever seen in my entire life, um, and it has inspired so many people. It's inspired myself to stay public on this podcast, and I'm a survivor. And this week has not been easy. You know, read. I read the entire 107-page report. I every detail of it. You know, it's um, that brings back trauma. But him, but Kyle, like the sheer courage that it takes to put a face to these allegations. Like, there's this. You know, as a victim, there's a there's a shame that is associated with it. You know, yeah, there's you're a, embarrassed. You're embarrassed. There's a, like I get embarrassed thinking about it. I get, I still think like my own experience. I still think, was I at fault? You know, or or even like was it even that serious? You know, you know? what was even and, particularly gross and like really upsetting is the first time we heard the words "I'm sorry" this week were from Kyle Beach's mouth when he was apologizing to the kid in Michigan that was sexually assaulted by Brad Aldrich that he subsequently went to jail for. The fact that Kyle Beach was the first person to apologize is insane to me. If he has nothing to apologize for and everybody else has something to apologize for. Everyone. Whether it's the people that were in that room, the Chicago Blackhawks, the players who weren't there for him, the media people who didn't report on this. Like, everyone owes Kyle Beach an apology. And the first time we heard the words, I'm sorry, were him apologizing to a fellow victim. That is so wrong. It's so wrong. And it, it just, it drives me absolutely crazy that victims are left to apologize for something that they are not at fault for. This, like... Like, oh, he, people's lives are being ruined, but, like, it's not been proven in a court of law. Like, Kyle Beach's life has been ruined. Did you, I have a fun fact for you, and it's not really a fun fact. It just happened to come up in my research for my master's. There is one 11th overall pick in the last 50 years to not play an NHL game. Mike, who is it? Is it Kyle Beach? It is. And when I was going through the data this summer, I was kind of like, 
hey, that's really odd. Like one in 50, that's a, that's a huge outlier. So I'm kind of like, I wonder what the heck is going on. And now that this has come out, it sure makes a lot of sense now. So like this one in 50, 2%, he's the 2%. And people like, you can't even tell me for a single second that him not playing in the NHL is not directly related to this. It 100% is. We know. We know it is. In the report, there is a scouting report um, that is referenced from the 2011 Rockford Icehogs, um, where an assistant coach says that he thinks that what happened, like in reference to Kyle Beach, what happened with Brad Aldrich last spring weighed heavily on him. Or he took weighed, weighed on him big time, is the exact words. And so the next year, it was so well known that an assistant coach on the AHL team felt like allowed to, ju- what, like, felt like, you know, able to just put that into a, like, laissez faire into a scouting report. So I spoke to someone today who <clears throat> was a scout back then. And you know what they told me? What did they tell you? They told me that Kyle Beach could have been Tom Wilson, but wasn't as good of a skater. Tom Wilson is a top-line player in the NHL. Tom Wilson's making $5 million. Right. So even if Kyle year. Beach was Tom Wilson light, that's probably a third-line player in the NHL. He's probably making like 3 or $4 million a year. Like, in that part, it doesn't even matter. It's the fact that this guy's entire life was derailed because things were, because something happened to him and things were not handled properly and he felt shame about it for a decade. Like, to me, it's just, it's so unacceptable. So let's get to, let's get to today. Let's get to this week. So. Okay. Stan Bowman and Al McIsaac were allowed to step down. Stan Bowman's statement left... I'm not even going to read it because it left way too much to be desired, to say the very least. And then Bowman was allowed to resign from USA Hockey later that day. And it's rumored that Bill Guerin is taking over as GM in for the USA hockey team, even though he's currently being investigated for covering up sexual assault. You literally could have picked anyone else. Anyone. And the NHL cleared him. And the N- and so people were like, oh, Bill Guerin's been cleared. Katie Strang, God bless her soul, went and did some digging and found out that wasn't true because the person who filed the complaint hasn't even been interviewed yet. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he hasn't been cleared of anything yet. Well, and he, has he been cleared by the NHL and now the sports safe investigation is ongoing? So here's another thing that I want to talk way, about real quick. Either way, if you're under investigation for covering up sexual you assault... You shouldn't be getting career investment, advancements. You shouldn't be getting career do you, advancements. Do you, know, like we were talk- like, do you know who they could pick to be the USA Hockey Rachel, GM? Like literally anybody you else. You and I were... You and I were talking about this. Like you have Lou Lamorello, the two-time, the two-time GM of the year, consecutive GM of the year. The last time, the last time Lou Lamorello was not voted GM of the year, there was not a pandemic He's going on. Two straight conference so that's how finals, long... and not to mention, I okay, 
I have personal experience with Lou Lamorello and I have a like just working in hockey you hear things you know things all of these things it is extremely telling that one of the only people that no one has a bad thing to say about is Lou Lamorello because when I ask about Lou Lamorello in the New Jersey Devils organization which would hold all of the secrets imaginable these are the types of things I was told Mike when someone's father died just like a an IT guy Lou showed up to the funeral and sent flowers to the IT guy's mother's funeral. Okay? When someone was going through a tough time, he paid for their flight home and told them to stay there until everything was rectified and that work could wait. When players are in a time of need, they don't hesitate to go to Lou Amarello. So people might want to dump on Lou Amarello for his, like, facial hair rules and dress code, but at the end of the day, that guy shows up for his organization, and there is a reason that every organization he touches has an unassailable organizational culture, and there is a reason the New Jersey Devils culture went to fucking shit after he left. It's very true. Now, I want to talk about some some things here, right? So, <clears throat> Bill Guerin is rumored to be being headed up for the USA hockey job uh, to take over for Stan Bowman. He is under in investigation, like we just said, for covering up the sexual assault or the alleged sexual assault of Aaron um, Scaldi. A, an, yes, an assistant coach's wife who by the head coach of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Um, the, the GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins at that time was Jim Rutherford, um, who suddenly, you know, last season left the team unannounced. And I believe it was on Insider Trading, Darren Dreger said one of the possible candidates to take over the Blackhawks job, now that Stan Bowman is gone, is Jim Rutherford. If that doesn't prove to you, and, and we're not saying that anyone's culpable here, I'm not accusing anyone of anything in that regard, but if that doesn't, if that cycle right there doesn't show you the old boys club circle of insulation that can allow someone to get away with this stuff, I don't know what what will. Like, this, like uh, hockey is broken. Like this is the thing is too is why would like the 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 Chicago Blackhawks are now hoping that you're going to put you know their trust uh, your trust in them again, and it's not a thing. Like so it, then, it, like. They so, have hockey has not earned so it, earned its trust Thursday, anymore. Joel, well, Wednesday, Joel Quenville coached for the Florida Panthers somehow. I I'm still not quite sure how they allowed that to happen. And Rachel, <laughs> before he did that, he was asked if he stands by his statement in which he patently makes a bold face lie. Up said he did, and he stands by that. He stands by a lie that now by him resigning. And by all the other things, but but specifically by him resigning, now he confirms was a straight up so lie. So here's the thing, and I think a lot of people uh, forget this. A lot of people, I'm not, I'm not going to excuse this. I'm just going to say this happens, and it happens in other sports too. You, when you are talking to the media, you are not under oath, so you can lie, and a exactly. lot of times. People lie. Players lie. But, like, all of this lies. When you are under oath, you cannot lie or you will go to jail. That's how things work. So, it is 
not surprising that Joel Quenville stood by his statement and probably said something else to the lawyers because he was under oath. Kevin Sheveldayoff, on the other hand, that one is more interesting to me because, first of all, his statement looks like a lawyer wrote it. Like, 1,000% a lawyer wrote it. And the other thing is he had his meeting moved up from Monday to, like, Friday morning. And I will say this. No one gets called to the ivory tower for a good thing. Right? I would be... I think he's... I don't think. Of all of the people in that room, he is the least culpable because he was the one with the least amount of power. He is still culpable. Because like we said, he had the power to go and tell someone in HR. He had the power to call the commissioner's office and say, this is happening. He had the power to go to Joel Quenville and say, "Uh, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And in the investigation, or he could have come forward, he left the Blackhawks pretty much right after that Stanley Cup to go be the GM of the Jets. He could have gone to the NHL at that point. Like, there's still a duty to report. And so he is still culpable. And I find it pretty hard to believe that by the time this podcast gets listened to by a lot of you, that he is going to have a job. I think that he is also going to have to resign. Now, Joel Quenville resigned just before this podcast, and I have two statements to read to you. Statement from Joel Quenville. With deep regret and contrition, I announce my resignation as head coach of the Florida Panthers. I want to express my sorrow for the pain this young man, Kyle Beach, has suffered. My former team, the Blackhawks, failed Kyle, and I own my share of that. I want to reflect on how all of this happened and take the time to educate myself on ensuring hockey spaces are safe for everyone. Okay, so a couple Mm -hmm. of things. He should not have been allowed to resign. He should have been fired. But that's not his decision. That's Florida's decision. Two, I'm not going to like line up to give him credit, but this is by far the best statement thus far. He at least accepts responsibility for what he did and talks about reflecting to make and educating himself. Now, we don't obviously have receipts for that, but that's a hell of a lot better than the non-statement from Al McIsaac and whatever the hell Stan Bowman said. Do you notice how it was also the shortest statement? Oh, 100%. But you know what? At least, like, to me, the shorter the statement, it's more likely there's actually substance to it. Because the longer the statement is, the more dressing up and fluff and nonsense it is. I'm not giving Joel Quenville credit at all. I'm just simply stating, of the statements, this is the closest to acceptable. Because there is an at least like an expression of apology here. Like, which is like the bar is so fucking low. Like here I am being like, this is the best statement. And all it is, is an expression of sorrow, owning your part of it and saying that you want to do better. That's the, like, that's the bar. Are we kidding? That's the bar for a sport that continuously Wax is poetic about the characters of the people that are in the game. And you people can't fess up 
and reports sexual assault, you want to talk about character and leadership? You don't deserve to be in the NHL. End of story. Because that's a shitty character. What really sickened me, too, in the follow-up of all this, is how anyone who was who was or is part of the Blackhawks organization, or anyone, like, or most anyone, I want to say. Not, not everyone, but most anyone. When, sorry, when asked about this, um, about what, about their thoughts on Bowman being let go, McIsaac being let go, and I'm sure it'll be the same now with Quenville being let go, they chose to talk about their own experiences with Did them. Did you see what Jackie Redmond had to say tonight? I did, and I thought it was She incredible. nailed it. Like, I thought, like, I'm telling you guys, there is nothing we could say that is better than what Jackie Redmond said on NHL Network tonight. I retweeted it on my account. We will retweet it on the podcast account. The yeah. summary of what she said is the players talking, like Taves, Kane, Keith, Dave Tippett, with his oh milk God. toast ass response of I have some personal relationships there, so I don't want to comment. It was an unfortunate incident that I'm sure you would go back and do things differently. Like Jackie Redmond said it perfectly. This is not about you. It is about Kyle Beach. I don't care what your relationship was like with Stan Bowman. I don't care that he gave you a $90 million contract. I don't care. This is about the fact that he failed deeply someone and it ruined his life. That's what this is about. So I don't care what he did for you. You need to talk about the fact that you need to be holding the people in your circle accountable. And if you can't do that, then you do not need to be considered a leader in this community. And frankly, you don't really deserve the privilege of playing in the NHL as far as I'm concerned. Because how is it that Alex DeBrincat, who was 10 years old at the time that this occurred, had the best response of all the Chicago Blackhawks by saying, hearing the story is pretty disturbing. We cannot move on from it, but we have to learn from it and come together as a team and make sure it doesn't happen again. And when he was asked about Stan Bowman being out, he said it had to happen. How is it that someone who was 10 at the time managed to have a better response than the literal captain of the hockey team? It's because this happened under Taves, Kane, Keith's nose. And whether ignorantly or not, it happened under their nose. And they now have to live with that forever. So I'm seeing a lot of people being like, they they didn't know or whatever the case may be. And you know what? Even if you want to go on the fact, there are two ways you can take this. One, they knew and they're lying, which is a distinct possibility. Two, they didn't know. And the reason they didn't know is because Kyle Beach didn't feel comfortable enough to tell them, which is an indictment of their leadership and their locker room culture. Because if someone doesn't feel comfortable enough to speak to you as the captain of the hockey team about something as serious as this then that means you are not a good enough leader because they do not trust you. He was told by Brad Aldridge himself that like, I, he holds his career in his hands, that if he speaks out about this, he can ruin his career. So why would Kyle Beach, why, why would he have any, why would he think that he could go to Jonathan Taves, who, who likely symbolizes this 
he symbolizes that culture even more. We could likely do even more damage than Aldrich could. Why would? And I'll point out that like it all that bleeds into him on this 2010 team. In 2011, like let's Dave Boland was on this team and literally in 2011 went on radio and called the Sedins the Sedins sisters. So yeah. exactly what so kind what of locker think? room culture do you think was going on there? That we're making homophobic slurs and a guy doesn't feel comfortable enough to talk about the fact that he was sexually assaulted because he's getting slurred at by his teammates, allegedly. Yes. We know it was a bad one because in the report it states many times that, you know, uh, that it wasn't Beach, but Black Ace One, I believe, who was also um, a, a, an individual in the report, was being told, oh, do you, like, uh, in 2014, being do- like chased around the ice by a player, being called a homophobic slur, and then being asked if he liked that blowjob. And then Kyle Beach, the next, the next uh, training camp, was asked by so many other people if he missed his boyfriend, Brad. This is not a, like... All, there's all this evidence pointing towards teammates doing this. And I find it extremely, extremely convenient that anyone who is part of that team who is not in the NHL anymore seems to remember it vividly and seems to say that everyone knew about it. And yet all the star players who are still in the NHL today had absolutely no idea what was going on. They're just, you know, dumbfounded by it. There's like, I'm sorry. And but there that that is too convenient. Coincidences like that do not happen. Right, so here is Gary. This just dropped as we're reading, as we're recording. This is Gary Bettman's statement on Joel Quenville. The National Hockey League agrees with the decision tonight by Joel Quenville to resign his duties as head coach of the Florida Panthers. In his former role as Blackhawks head coach, Quenville was among several former members of the club's senior leadership group who mishandled, which is a rather convenient word to use, the 2010 sexual assault claim by Kyle Beach against the club's video coach, Brad Aldridge. And following a meeting with Quenville that took place this afternoon in my office, all parties agreed that it was no longer appropriate that he continue to serve as Florida Panthers head coach. I'm not going to read the rest of it. I will, however, read the last and most important sentence of this press release. However, should he wish to re-enter the league in some capacity in the future, I will require a meeting with him in advance in order to determine the appropriate conditions under which such new employment might take place. Basically, if... Any of the people that were in this meeting want to work in the NHL again, they have to go back to the ivory tower and explain to Bettman why they should be given that privilege. Okay, fine. Even that I don't like because mishandled is not the word to be using here. They covered it up. This wasn't a mishandling. This wasn't all, oh, you know, we let it fall through the, cla- the cracks or, oh, you know, we, oh, it was a clerical error and it was just, no. They actively played a part in sweeping this under the rug because they thought that doing like that, that taking the, the steps that any normal human being should would have jeopardized their ability to get their names etched on a piece of metal. Yeah, like this is literally about a silver trophy. Like, don't get me wrong. I would like to win a Stanley Cup, too, but not this badly. And now Brad Aldridge's name is on the Stanley Cup. And oh, it is yet, I, I don't think it's going to be on there for very long. I hope not. But in the aftermath of this, like the Stanley Cup is it's in it's in Toronto. I could go down there and etch it out myself. <laughs> Just X's over the thing like they did with, I think, Peter Pocklington. OK, so then we yeah, get live to by, 
I live pretty close to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I could just, you know, I, li- I worked in that building that the Hockey Hall of Fame is in previously. I could just jaunt over there, scratch it out with my house keys myself. So then we see other, like, okay, what Jonathan Taves said last night, calling Stan Bowman a good person, I, is He's not wildly a good person. inappropriate. So let me, let's just get this extremely clear. Anyone who covers up sexual assault knowingly is not a good person. Running a stop sign is a mistake. Covering up sexual assault is a choice. One of those things is significantly more serious than the other. Like, it's unbelievable to me that just because this man... Like Jackie Redmond said, just because he gave you a $100 million contract or however much it is, does not mean he's a good person. He he literally no. sp- like screwed up the life of one of your teammates so badly that this guy was in tears on international television talking about this. This story, Mike, is so big that my family in Germany, who literally doesn't even watch wow. hockey, asked about it. They have. They had li- never heard of the Chicago Blackhawks until this came out. That's how big this is. I'm to put this in perspective, like to put Key, or, or Taves's comments kind of in a way to to for people to realize them for what they are. I'm watching The Sopranos right now. It's a show about the mob, all that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Um, Tony Soprano, the main character of that show, is a terrible human being. While I was, you know, like while I was trying to calm down from, you know, break, uh, being one of the first to, to report that, that Quinville was out, I was watching an episode and it just so happened that he during that episode, he was choking a woman <laughs> to death. <laughs> and I'm sh- there are a lot of people in that show, like a lot of characters in that show that have benefited immensely from Tony Soprano's actions. But he is not a good person from their perspective. Great, he helped them a lot, but he is not a good person. Stan Bowman can help you. Uh, Tony Soprano can help you as much as you as much as you want. He can he can you know pay for your mother's hospital bills. He can you know give you give you all the riches in the world. But if he did that after choking a woman to death, he's not a good person. Can I read you what Taylor Hall said after the game tonight? I saw a glimpse of it, but absolutely. Go ahead. God. Okay. So I clearly have personal experience with Taylor Hall and I'm going to tell everyone this is an upstanding person. This is part of what he said tonight. Every culture needs to keep getting better and hockey's no different. This is a game that's a little bit of what you'd call an old boys club and there needs to be changes. There is a one minute clip that's out there. And speaking of, of players speaking up, Anders Lee, captain of the New York Islanders, says that his heart goes out to Kyle and his family and he commends him for speaking up about this. No one should have to go through a situation like that. You do not ever want to see that kind of situation evolve into what happened. Whatever we can do as a group everywhere to make sure these things don't happen again, we're trying to create something here with a lot of open dialogue where people feel safe. That is a captain. Kyle, Joel Quinville ha- still has, I, I can almost be certain that Joel Quinville still has a job today if Kyle Beach does not tell his story. Oh, he 100% does. 
And that is why it is so important and so courageous that he did. He directly led to, he had like, after all was said and done, after the amount of times he was let down, he still had to be the one to sit, like to propel his own justice. He still had to be the one who was, who, who served as the mechanism that finally granted him the justice that he deserved. Like his career was ruined by this. Joel Quenville went on to be the highest paid head coach in NHL history. Brendan Gallagher also kind of nailed it today too. When he said it, the PA failed him. Like he flat out said the NHL PA failed him. This is a member of the NHL PA. Like, he was on an NHL roster when this happened, and he described the details of this to an NHL PA official. And when asked later, Donald Fear said he had no recollection of ever having a conversation about this. It, it like he has been let down. It what shocked me, not shocked me, but what struck me, I guess, the most from this report, from reading all 107 gosh darn pages of it was how at every single level that Kyle Beach re- of hockey, uh, Kyle Beach reached out for support from his own team, from the team's HR department, from the NHLPA, from USA Hockey, everything, from the NHL League office, everything. He was let down. Everyone in a position of power that was involved in this tried to sweep this under the rug or feign ignorance or just simply say, we don't want to touch this. Your pain is too much of a liability for us that we don't want to touch. You are an inconvenience. Your pain is an inconvenience to us and might tarnish our brand, might tarnish our ability to, to make money, to line our own pockets. This is a league that brings in like $5 billion a year in, in, in revenue. And they're like, oh, you know, your, your claims might, might cut into that a little bit. So we're not going to be able to, we're not going to help you with that. The Players, the players Association is so willing to step up and, 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 you know, talk about how much they hate escrow and, and, you know, like do all these things when lockout time, when something benefits them comes around, but when it, when one of their own is assaulted, sexually assaulted, has this livelihood, like essentially taken from him when he is, when he is violated inside and out, they turn a blind eye. They cast him out. And all this shit that you hear about hockey being a brotherhood, but everyone has their backs about how, you know, we're ba- we're a band of brothers going to battle together. You're not a band of brothers. You let him down. Everyone in the story let him down. The PA let him down. The team let him down. His teammates let him down. The 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 HR department let him down. Every single person who touched the this. The league let him down. Let, like the league the league let him down. Gary Bettman let him down. And I don't, and the thing is, what, what I really hope doesn't happen from this is that we, we all, we get all these statements and these consequences happen. That's great. And then things just go back to normal and get, and, and people forget about this because the news cycle changes very fast. Even before this broke, a lot of people were starting to forget about this investigation until 48 hours ago, people were starting to forget about this. You know, the Blackhawks, like the, uh, you know, I, I work for the hockey news. I was looking at like, like there were articles written that, that day that this happened of the Hawks biggest problems being that they still didn't have a win. And they, and the, like they played the Leafs last night. Don't let this die. Everyone who had a, a role in this, everyone needs to be held accountable for this because this Kyle Beach said himself, this, this has happened to other people. This will happen to other people and it shouldn't happen to other people. Okay. And God, and it's naive to think like I keep hearing people say like, we just really hope that this hasn't happened 
anywhere else. It has. I can tell you it has. We said that when when we said that when the Graham James stuff came out about Sheldon Kennedy and Theo and like Theo Fleury. Like it is completely naive to think that this hasn't happened elsewhere. And you know what? It might not be as severe, but to completely say that an organization hasn't covered anything up. Come on, guys. Like you can't be that naive. Of course. Look at the toxic culture that exists within hockey. I'm not like less than 4 months ago. The Montreal Canadiens drafted a convicted sex offender. And who drafted him, the person who drafted him and and stumped for him to be drafted, was part of that Blackhawks organization at the time. In fact, he was the director of player personnel. And who falls under player personnel? Kyle Beach. So he was the director of players, and he allowed a player under his direction to do this. And then years later... It now elevated to a higher-paying role, in you know, in a privilege. Kyle Beach was playing in the third in the third-tier German league uh, near the end of his career. Meanwhile, Mark Bergevin is making millions of dollars as the GM of one of the most valuable franchises in in the NHL. Uses his own say to reach for a prospect who was committed of a sex crime, thus repeating the cycle. So. He was part of that organization. Yes, he wasn't mentioned in the report, but he was there. This is happening. It has happened before. It has happened since. And unless something, unless something changes, unless we really actually learn from this, it will happen again. And it can't. I, like, I don't need to tell you as, as someone who's dealt with this myself that it has the, uh, has the ability to ruin your life. It shakes everything and you know about even, you. Even like it's naive to think this hasn't happened in the decades since. And if you need a an explanation as to why people do not come forward, this was your example. Look at what players are saying. Look at how Kyle Beach was demonized until he really came forward by the league. It wasn't until he actually stepped forward on Wednesday night and said, it's me, that he really got support of the players and support of the league. That is why people do not come forward. You think, like, it's their word against a hockey man. And this culture has shown time and time again, even tonight, that you got to protect the hockey men. Because I guarantee you, if the Florida Panthers could have kept Joel Quenville on their bench after their 7-0 and start, he would still be on their bench. But you can't. And that's the thing. He felt comfortable enough with where hockey culture is that he coached on Wednesday night. That is where we're at in hockey. And I think... That's that's a huge indictment of where we are and where we need to go. He felt comfortable enough to lie with full with full expectation that you get away with it. You don't lie like that. You don't like that and that's just not that's not lie through omission of like an omittance of fact. 
That's not, you know, a lie out of, you know, just like wording it differently in a lawyer way. That is him saying that is him saying I did not do this thing when he did this thing. And you don't lie like that publicly without the full belief, like without, you know, like emboldened by the full belief that you will get away with it. That is where hockey culture is. That he thought that he was so untouchable that hockey culture insulated him so much that he could go lie about it and that nothing would ha- and that there would be nothing that comes in his way to implicate him. You know what's crazy? And you know what you were you were wrong, Joel. There were two players who in that Blackhawks organization that were deemed to have character issues that year, and they were Akimalu and Kyle Beach, and I think. I mean, I was already here because I saw this with Taylor Hall when people said he had character issues, and um, that's very clearly not the case. Um, I think when people say that players have character issues but do not give specific examples, we need to really think about what that could potentially mean. Like, if someone says Evander Kane has character issues or Slava Voinov has character issues, then you could probably go ahead and believe that. Because there are police reports detailing as such. But if someone says, oh, he's a bad guy in the room, I think maybe instead of just taking that as gospel, like Josh Hosang, for example, maybe we need to step back and, and, and say, is there something else going on here? Instead of believing it at face value. Because if it turns out that nothing is going on and maybe they just are a bad guy in the room, then fine. To just chalk this up to character issues when this guy was sexually assaulted or in Akima Lu's case was racially abused, like, I just can't accept that. I can't accept that. And so what I would like as like a, whether it's media or how we analyze hockey, unless you can give examples of a guy having character issues, then I really think that we need to be careful about believing it it's okay like if you want to say it because of things you heard okay fine but please do not take that as gospel anymore because it's clearly proven that there's probably other stuff going on and uh, like i'm hopeful that it's not as nefarious as this but maybe character issues are chalked up to someone speaking out about something that they that they saw and that's a problem because we want to sweep everything under the rug right that could be considered a character mm-hmm. problem. And so, I mean, whether it's an executive or if someone in hockey says that person has character issues but can't give you a concrete example, I hope that this is a good example of to why we need to be careful as ta- about taking that as gospel. And instead, maybe let's take that with a grain of salt. I think that's a great way to end, the, uh, to end it here, Rachel. Um if there's anything I want to leave you with, it's that Kyle Beach um, is a genuine hero. And what he did took un, you know, unthinkable bravery and courage, and he is already making um, you know, the world that turned his back on him a better place. Um, if, if anybody involved in the Blackhawks situation had one tenth of the courage that Kyle Beach had, we would not be having this conversation today. Couldn't have said it better myself, Rachel. Um, so we want to leave you there. Um, thank you for listening. 
uh, we know this is an extremely difficult subject, so um, we could even put in the description, you know, a, a, a like some resources for people to turn to. Yeah, we'll put resources in the in the uh, description, and um, if you got to this point, um, it's probably been a tough listen, and yeah, we've definitely not been our, our jovial selves, but I mean. Mike, Mike can see me right now and I can see Mike like neither one of us are in a really good spot right now. And it's, I mean, I've talked about on this podcast about probably like maybe walking away from hockey mm-hmm. and it was, it, it's been a really tough week, like just to, for all of that. And it brings back some memories that are not so great. And, uh, yeah, there's no need to, like, we're not going to promote anything. We're not going to say anything, you know, where to find us. And, uh, mm-hmm. honestly, I, if you take one thing from this, take the fact that if you have the power to help someone, then you have the obligation to do so. Thank you for listening. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash blue wire. 
right now. That's shopify.com slash blue wire. 